Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Friday edition of From the Boardroom to the Locker Room. Nice to have you with us. We have lots to chat about. Let's start with rugby tonight, shall we? And uh, no major championships, of course, over the weekend. Of course, the Curry Cup, though, does continue. And uh, let's have a look at what we can expect from the Curry Cup fixtures for the weekend. The uh, action is fast and furious. The Pumas will take on the Cheetahs tomorrow afternoon at 5 o'clock. And then five minutes past seven games, he talks against the Lions. Interestingly, you know, uh, teams have said that they're not going to pack the curry sides of wolf players from the United Rugby Championship. However, I guess there will be temptation around these coaches to do that with the United Rugby Championship behind them. Curry. So the Vodacom Rugby Championship behind us. Curry Cup set to reignite passion with the Big Bang as the dogfight continues. Four teams for the playoff spots on offer. Still up for grabs. Two weekends left of rugby. One team is out of it, the Griffins. The other seven will be looking to fill four spots over the next two weeks. Only one team is assured of their spot in the semi-final as well, the South Sea Sharks. Joey Mangalo's side lead the log with 43 points, but they're still not assured of a home semi-final and could finish anywhere from first to third on the log, depending on the results. So no side will be taking it easy. The decision to put the business into the Curry Cup after the conclusion of the URC seems to be a masterstroke. It does allow a number of top players from the franchises to be involved. But as I say, that is up to the coaches who can decide whether they want to uh, put their players in to the teams for the weekend. So the Pumas against the Cheetahs tomorrow in Nelspade, a crucial game for both sides. Jimmy Stonehouse's team, after a string of disappointing results, have put their defense under threat. The Cheetahs need just a point to secure a semi-final place, but are wary that with the Bulls game next week, they could be out of the playoffs altogether if things go south in the game tomorrow. The Pumas will be desperate for a win. Keep up the pressure for the playoff. Greek was next week in a mirror of last year's final to determine their fate. Emotions are likely to be high in a contest with so much at stake. And then the Lions have set the cat amongst the pigeons when they won with a bonus point in Athlone last Friday night, beating Western Province. That set up a fight for places in the final two weeks, and it's clear with the majority of the URC players in form and continuity, they're a dangerous side to contend with at this time of the year. The Sharks, though, have been the standout team, and the success of the Sharks has been because of the, the players believing in themselves and backing themselves to succeed. The match will be a fitting end to a weekend of drama that should provide some exceptional attacking play, especially as the Sharks have the opportunity to finish top with a round to go if they claim a bonus point win against uh, and the Cheetahs beat the Pumas by a healthy margin. So the Curry Cup all to play for, and it's great to see that the focus of attention is once again on the Curry Cup competition. There are, of course, other rugby matches around the world that uh, are of notes. That's in the Super Rugby Pacific competition. Uh, tomorrow morning at 6.35, the Fijian Druids take on the Reds. At 5 past 9, the Hurricanes play the Crusaders. And the Waratahs play Pacifica at 11.35. And at 2 o'clock tomorrow afternoon, the Force take on the Chiefs. Start Francais play Racing 92 in the top 14. And on Sunday, Lyon take on Bordeaux Beagles on uh, Sunday night at 5 minutes past 9. So... 
That's the unwrapping. Of course, a disappointment for Storm fans last weekend. So that's the Curry Cup fixtures for the weekend. Great to see the Curry Cup back in force and at the height of the competition. So looking forward to some fantastic action in the Curry Cup. Okay, cricket action this weekend leading up to that World Test Championship. Let's start with this weekend continuation of the England-Ireland game. That's, of course, the the match uh, currently on as the warm-up for the Ashes for the England side. And then Sri Lanka and Afghanistan in action over the weekend, the second one-day international on Sunday. And the United Arab Emirates take on the West Indies. That is also on Sunday. Tuesday, the UAE against the West Indies in the second one-day international. And then Wednesday, the third one-day international with Sri Lanka against Afghanistan. And then on Wednesday as well next week, The big one, it's Australia against India in the ICC World Test Championship final. Looking forward to that one. The Australians, of course, haven't really had much preparation, have they? Neither of the Indians, to be perfectly honest, come out of the IPL just uh, last week that uh, ended. And uh, there's going to be a lot of, I guess, interesting shots played in the five-day format by one-day international and T20 cricketers, of which there are quite a few in both teams. Look forward to that uh, World Test Championship. Of course, last year it was New Zealand who were in that against India. This year it's Australia against India. So lots of cricket still to come. Looking forward to the cricket season. And we will be talking to former Protea player, selector, and just good guy, Omar Henry, to chat to us about the Ashes series and, of course, also the South African series coming up as well. There's also the Women's Ashes series as well also takes place in June, so lots and lots of action on the cricket fields. And, of course, the ICC World Cup qualifiers, let's not forget them, also in June, 18th of June in Zimbabwe. Not too sure uh, what the weather's going to be like for that uh, in Zimbabwe. It's the winter here in the Southern Hemisphere at the moment. It certainly will be cold. I don't know that there's going to be much rain around, but hopefully there won't be. Um, so lots of teams involved in that one. Zimbabwe, of course, Nepal, West Indies, United States, Ireland, to just name a few. So lovely to uh, get the proper. I know the IPL is great fun and smash and bash and tickle and whatever, but I, I'm a purist and I absolutely love five-day game. The test matches look so forward to the Ashes series as well. So what's happening on the golf scene? Well, I can tell you that on the golf scene, Maximilian Kiefer, uh, shot a front nine fireworks in front of his home crowd as he began the 2023 Porsche European Open. Uh, 69, he shared the first round lead with Simon Forstrom, the 32-year-old German, went birdie eagle from the third hole at Green Eagle Golf Course after knocking monster punts in from around 50 feet, um, but uh, scoring not easy in uh, that one. So that is, of course, DP to him. Um, so that is happening. There's also the Sunbet Challenge that just took place at Sun City. Thought I'd give you a mention of that one as well. Martin Roher won that one with a score of 143. So they are playing golf here in South Africa as well with regards to tournaments, Sunshine Tour and so on. Um, there is uh, a lot of golf around the world. Let's uh, have a look at the uh, golf tournaments. There's the Memorial. That's, uh, of course, on the, the US PGA Tour. And David Riley birdied three of the last four holes to take the, the opening round lead. They were last hole setbacks for a deflated Rory McIlroy and Jordan Spieth. Riley is 79th for a 73. So that one will continue over the weekend as well. 
Now, the tennis is on, big tennis, of course, and uh, it has been shrouded in a bit of controversy. Novak Djokovic, of course, has uh, made one or two comments. He wrote on a television camera a couple of things that uh, have upset a few players. Well, he is in action. He's still in the tournament for now. Gets his match underway later on today. The British 14th seed, Cameron Norrie, also plays the 17th seed, Lorenzo Musetti. In another third-round clash, Carlos Alcaraz will face Canadian Denis Shapovalov in their first meeting, though the Spaniard is aware of the threat posed by the former world number 10. As far as uh, the other players are concerned, fourth seed Kasper Rudd and uh, title holder Igor Sviatek are still on course to reach consecutive finals at the French Open. A couple of unheralded names in the women's draw continue to show their talent. Elena Rybakina also booked a third-round spot with a win over the rising Czech Stalin Oskova and fourth seed in Wimbledon champion dazzled again on the Parisian clay. Rude, who lost to Rafa Nadal in last year's final, is aiming to capitalize on the 14-time champion's absence through injury this year and looked rock solid in his match 6-3-6-2-4-6-7-5 over the Italian qualifier Giulio Zapperi. Novak Djokovic has made a couple of comments and a couple of people are not happy. There's also been quite a few issues with regards to shaking hands over the net between players from uh, Belarus and players from uh, Russia and players from the Ukraine. This, of course, all around that war that's currently going on in the Ukraine. But uh, that is a subject for another broadcast not a sports podcast. So the French Open continues at Roland Garros. Look forward to some fantastic tennis action there over the weekend. Okay, motorsports, and it is Formula One action. And let's just talk about what's happened through the course of the week first. They're in Barcelona this weekend, but let's just talk about what's happened in the week. And Nico Hulkenberg's Monaco Grand Prix penalty was completely wrong. And Formula One needs full-time professional stewards for consistent decision-making, according to his team boss, Gunter Steiner. Hulkenberg was handed a five-second penalty for causing an opening lap collision with rookie Logan Sargent in last Sunday's race. But Steiner was adamant there was no contact. The stewards also ruled that as Hulkenberg was unable to control the car and was not forced there by any other car, the clash did not get the benefit of the doubt of a first-lap incident. German was later handed a further 10-second penalty for failing to serve the first one correctly. Nico comes from the inside and is in front, basically, dives into the corner and he can't see a collision, according to Steiner, who was talking to reporters at the Spanish Grand Prix last night. Formula One is one of the biggest sports in the world, and we still have laymen deciding on the fate of people that invest millions in their careers, he said. Now, every Grand Prix has a panel of part-time stewards, some nominated by the governing FIA and one by the Home National Sporting Authority who rule on racing incidents, and a former driver is usually amongst them. Teams and drivers have complained in the past of inconsistent decisions. So Alonso says he doesn't think that it's uh, anything other than just a bit of luck that he needs. He's not missing any pace. It's just opportunistic moments that were not on his side. Strolli's seat is considered the most secure in the sport given the family connection. Started the season on the back foot after breaking both wrists in a cycling accident in Spain. So what about the weekend's race? I can tell you it's going to be absolutely amazing. It should have been the third race in a row in the space of three weeks. Um, But will it be, and I guess most people are saying it will be, another Red Bull, whether it will be Red Bull 1-2, Alonso 3 or not. Of course, Alonso, hometown favorite, he will be in Spain. 
The dominant champions, Red Bull, have won all six races to date, four of them in 1-2 formation, and all exceptional Australia that finished behind the safety car by considerable margins. Now, including last year, they've won seven races in a row and 15 of the last 17 races. Wow. No team since the early 1950s has managed a clean sweep of a season. Now, it's also the uh, number 33, or it was anyway, the number 33 on Max Verstappen's car. It was his first Grand Prix win in Spain, in Barcelona. And it is Fernando Alonso who's looking for his 33rd Grand Prix victory. He's got 32. Will he be able to eclipse the Red Bulls over the weekend? Only time will tell. It promises to be a wonderful race uh, at the Circuit de Catalunya in Barcelona. Okay, so no Premier League action this weekend because the season is, of course, over. However, there is just a small matter of the red and blue of Manchester. All roads lead to Wembley for people, fans, supporters, and players from Greater Manchester. Twelve years ago, Manchester City triggered a seismic shift in English football by beating the treble-chasing Manchester United at Wembley. Now, City's own treble bid comes under threat from what at times is a resurgent Manchester United in Saturday's FA Cup final. The Premier League wrapped up for a third successive season. Manchester City are two victories away from becoming only the second English club after Manchester United in 1999 to win the English title, the Champions League, and the FA Cup in the same campaign. City's current success in United status as hopeful challenges would have been unimaginable when they met last in the FA Cup semi-finals in Wembley in 2011. These two teams have never, ever met in an FA Cup final. And what a showpiece of the English season it always is. And when there's two sides like these two, bearing in mind it's top and third in the Premier League, Obviously, the two informed teams towards the end of the season, although Manchester City lost their last game, obviously take their foot off the pedal. But do they have a bit of an eye, perhaps, on next week's clash in the Champions League? Well, Pep Guardiola will most probably say absolutely not. We take trophy a little more, perhaps, than the FA Cup trophy. Now, United's superiority over their neighbours was so great in years gone by, in contrast to the golden years under Alex Ferguson, City was still scared by decades of dysfunction as they headed to Wembley in the midst of a trophy drought. That had become a source of embarrassment to the intense frustration of the blue side of Manchester. The number on the banner was 35 by 2011. Yet by the time they left Wembley on a grey April afternoon, City delivered a statement of intent that would rather render that mocking banner redundant because the first Manchester derby to be played at Wembley was an appropriate setting for a defining moment in English football history. Since City were taken over by Sheikh Mansour's Abu Dhabi-based group in 2008, their vast spending on new players has been the talk of the Premier League. Ferguson had dismissively waved away talk of posing a threat to United when he dubbed their rivals noisy neighbours in 2009. Well, they're not noisy neighbours anymore. Remember, of course, that uh, Manchester United were thrashed um, 6-1 by City at Old Trafford a couple of seasons ago. City would go on to win the FA Cup final against Stoke in that year, banishing the trophy taunts from United and setting the stage for the start of a blue dynasty. United have won only six major trophies in the same period as what Manchester City have won 15, including seven Premier League, Premier League titles as Pep Guardiola 
has led them to new heights with five titles in the last six seasons. Now, there could be a revival brewing at Old Trafford with Eric Ten Hag ending the club's six-year trophy drought this season. They won the League Cup, finished third in the Premier League, or in the Champions League, league next year. But beating the champions in the first all-Manchester FA Cup final would be an even bigger and more significant milestone for him. And with their club seemingly on the verge of being bought by wealthy new owners, United fans can dare to dream of emulating the city surge that started with an unexpected victory at Wembley over a decade ago over the very self-same Manchester United. Who will the players be? Well, that are going to be the key in these matches. Well, I can tell you immediately, you're going to be looking at Erling Haaland, the uh, prolific goal scorer for Manchester City. Um, will Manchester United's firepower up front be strong enough to get through that Manchester City defence? Manchester United's defence, let's be perfectly honest, has not been that great over the last couple of seasons. And perhaps that's where they need to be a little bit more solid in the back. Marcus Rashford up front for Manchester United. He has come off an injury. Of course, there's also Anthony, um, Casemiro, and one or two other players on the United side that have had great seasons. And the goalkeeper, David Ayer, has had an indifferent season, let's be perfectly honest. He's had a couple of games where he's been outstanding, and he's had a couple of games where he's made some real blunders. So ones that we've never really seen him make before. So what do we say? It's going to be kickoff at Wembley at uh, 4 o'clock South African time. Between these two sides, the police requested an early kickoff from the recent slot as a late afternoon clash to ease the pressure on the transport system. It'll be the first time in 12 years the match will start earlier than it has as per normal. And Manchester United, according to Ten Hag, will give everything to prevent Manchester City from matching the club's treasured treble after they beat Brighton to set up the FA Cup final against their fierce rivals. Promises to be an absolutely fantastic sporting weekend. The highlight has to be the FA Cup final between Manchester United and Manchester City. There is also, of course, the French Open going on. There's Grand Prix motor racing in Spain, in Barcelona, the circuit to Catalonia. Can Red Bull be overtaken by at least any of the other teams? I doubt it. I think we're going to be talking on Monday once again of a Red Bull win. There's cricket over the weekend, and I'm sure you've also got lots and lots of sporting activities that you're going to be taking part in. If you are, have a wonderful, wonderful sporting weekend. And just on a personal note, my executive producer's birthday today. Happy birthday, Nick. Next year, this time, maybe you'll be preparing for the Comrades Marathon, or maybe not. As always, be nice to each other. Bye for now.